What's up, guys? We are back for another episode of the Degeneracy Podcast. We have a lot to discuss in today's episode. We have championship game recap. We have NBA Monday. It's a busy time. It's a fun time to be a sports fan. So, Jason, uh, let's start it off here. Championship Sunday. Did you have a good day? Oh, of course. (laughs) A lot happened this weekend. It was, to put it lightly, a pretty good weekend in Philadelphia, I'd say. Just to put it it lightly. I mean, Saturday started things off a pretty much showdown of the MVPs, and a certain someone came out on top on that, which we'll discuss later. And then, of course... Yesterday was the main event, the two championship football games, where the Philadelphia Eagles matched up with the San Francisco 49ers, followed up by the Kansas City Chiefs going up against the Bengals. And I guess we should start with the first game there, Eagles versus Niners. What were your takeaways from that game? So full disclosure, um, I will bring this up. Uh, I'm now 2-2 two and two on over-unders on the year. I said I was pretty confident that, that was going to be an under. It had all the makings of it. Uh, I didn't anticipate how that game would go in terms of the under. Um, but once Josh Johnson was in, I was like, if unless Josh throws a couple of pick sixes or just, you know, puts the ball in their hands right inside the red zone, this is for sure going under. Um, and it did. So now we're back to 500 on the year. Um, but I, what was just, I thought was just flat out frustrating was, of course the Eagles were going, or excuse me, the 49ers were going to lose. Like you have fourth string quarterback, you know, Credit to the Eagles, especially Hassan Reddick. But I'm watching the game. I'm like, Kyle Shanahan, like, you were one of the best coaches in the NFL. Maybe, just maybe, Kyle, put an offensive lineman on Hassan Reddick. Just maybe that might have helped things out a little, go a little smoother for you. But Reddick's been killing it, man. Everyone, he's probably the most underrated defensive player of the year. He didn't even finish as a finalist for defensive player of the year. You know he had a chip on the shoulder from that. He came out and he's been, he... He very well may be the favorite for this Eagles Super Bowl MVP if they win it because the way he's playing, he's been the best player on the Eagles. No, it's it's so frustrating. I'm actually looking up uh, some some advanced stats here on PFF. I just want to check his his pressure total, and it's just like like why you know we're in the NFC Championship game. I I don't know. Maybe maybe an offensive lineman on him would be uh, probably be a good idea, um, but. And also, the, one other thing that I thought was just frustrating on the 49ers part was Brock Purdy, I'm not going to get this exact, so like, don't hold me to this, but there was like something along the lines where he felt like he was like tingling in his shoulder and he couldn't throw the ball past five yards. And people, I was reading the replies, people were like, oh, well, this is nerve related or something. And I had to, you know, get this done and this done. So first and foremost, obviously, we hope he can play next year. But of course, of course, why would you not just have CMC just throw the ball and just, you know, you're down three scores, we're trying these flip plays to Debo. And it's like, everyone in the world knows you're running the ball. Why not try and mix it up? So that was, it was just frustrating. And it just one thing led to another. But, you know, all the credit goes to the Eagles for putting them in that situation and holding them to seven points defensively, or offensively, rather. And one thing I do just want to say is that everyone, I already see people trying to make the excuses of, oh, they're playing the fourth string quarterback or, oh, they, you know, Purdy got injured and they're treating it as if it was some freak injury. Like the reality is that Purdy, no one ever roots for an injury, but the reason he got hurt isn't some freak injury. He got injured because Hassan Reddick was terrorizing him the entire time. 
Like the injury came on a play where Reddick almost forced an interception. It was a fumble. It was a turnover. The Eagles already had a 7-0 lead at that point in time. So they were already in command very early on in the game. They missed some opportunities offensively early on, but they ended up still putting 31 points on the best defense in the NFL. So all of the excuses people want to say, oh, of course they beat a fourth string quarterback. That doesn't change the fact that 31 points are on the board against the defense that all week long, everyone was picking to win the game because of how stout that defense is. For sure. And the uh, <clears throat> just from like, I, I have it pulled up here on PFF, Hassan Reddick 10th in the NFL in pressures all year. And in theory, he was only two pressures away from being top seven. So if we if we would have got two more, he would, you know, top seven. But that's, I mean, just why? Just more of just like why, you know? And it's like, you're let's let's just keep stacking the the book against us to try and win. You know, we have a chance to win. Let's just let's just lock one of the you know one of the best pass rushers in the league. And uh, I actually did a video on the Cardinals and I referenced them letting go letting Hassan Reddick go. He has 39 and a half sacks in the past three seasons. This isn't just one breakout year one time. He's repeatedly been one of the most underrated players and I do think Hassan was uh, I think he was one of the most underrated signings of all of the 2022 offseason and it's just like yeah now we'll just tight end not even George Kittle by the way who's a very good blocking tight end we'll just we'll throw our other tight end on him we'll be good you know just live and die by that result it's just I, I thought it was a complete uh outclass in terms of coaching which I mean, there's a reason the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl in the 49ers. Yeah, credit to Sirianni completely. Right. And I mean, I think I think Reddick's a little happy to be home. You know, he's a he went to Temple in college. He's a Philly guy. He loves it here. He's happy to be home. And now he gets to go back to Arizona with a chance to win the Super Bowl. So he gets to remind the the fans over there what they're missing out on. And uh any other any other comments on the Eagles game? Um, I will, I do just want to review a couple of things that we discussed on Friday, you know, whether, whether we were right, whether we were wrong, I will uh, say I pointed out very, I emphasized very hard on Friday that Kenneth Gainwell was a guy I was looking at. His line was at, at the time of the podcast, 11 and a half, but when I got him, it was nine and a half. And I said, I felt so comfortable taking either of those. He finished with 48 yards, right? He quadrupled the line they set for him and he had the most carries on the Eagles yesterday. And as I said, the Eagles, Miles Sanders is not a bell cow running back. They're going to feed the hot hand, whoever's running it the best. Gainwell has been that guy the last like month or so. And Sanders did get two touchdowns, admittedly, so I'm not saying anything negative towards Sanders. Sanders is still a huge part of the offense, but Gainwell's not going anywhere. He's still fantastic on the ground. He's getting the opportunities. So that line that Vegas set for him was probably the easiest line that I saw all weekend. And now... On the flip side, I have to admit I was wrong about the A.J. Brown explosion same. game. Oh, same. Because yeah. I hammered a lot of A.J. Brown. I thought he would score a touchdown. I thought he would have like seven catches or something in that range. I thought he was going to have a huge day. And early on, they were feeding him. But right. once the game got out of hand, once again, there wasn't really a need to continue to go to him. He also did drop one key first down, which is not the best, but it didn't end up costing him. So it didn't really matter that much in the grand scheme of things. He finished the day with four catches for 28 yards and pretty much all I'll say now is that I'm going to continue my thought process into next week. AJ Brown is due for an explosion in the Super Bowl. I'm for sure continuing that uh, that he's due mentality over the next week, but it didn't come last week, so unfortunately, that was a miss. I'm I'm glad you said that he's due because I'm I'm taking the exact same thing next Friday's pod, the the Super Bowl preview. I say exact same thought process, and I'm going to be taking him to score in the Super Bowl. Uh, oh shoot. 
Howie Rose. I was I was thinking I was thinking Howie Roseman. I was thinking Jeffrey Lurie. I couldn't think of the GM's name off the top of my head. Anyway, Howie Roseman is going to he's going to have a bug in Sirianna's ear. Like, look, we want to prove the Titans wrong on the biggest stage. We want to make sure everyone, as if they don't already know, like AJ touchdown. We wanted to happen. Absolutely. Um, but Kenneth, Kenneth Gainwell, hundred plus yards in the divisional round to have him at eleven yards. I was. I, I was just I was so surprised to see that because no I don't I didn't expect the line to be like 80 yards or anything like that but I'm I'm sitting there thinking like 11 yards for a guy that had 11 carries last week that averaged 10 yards a carry or whatever it was Nick Sirianni's not just gonna say all right uh you know thanks for nothing uh you know we're just gonna rest you the rest of the way hopefully we win a Super Bowl but thanks for your effort one game like no that was the easiest over there ever was um literally did, and anytime there's a yardage that's 10 11 yards. I'm taking the over because all it takes is one guy to fall down. All it takes is one missed assignment. Boom. There's a 13 yard run, a 14 yard reception if it's receiving yards. So I'm taking that every single time. Kenny Gainwell, uh, shout out. I'm probably going to take it again. If he has another line, that's that disrespectful. Uh, I'm, I'm under yards. the assumption that Vegas will learn from their mistake and adjust for the Super Bowl. But if they don't, of course, I'm right there with you. I'm hopping right on again, but I, I, if I had to guess, I haven't looked at Super Bowl lines for him quite yet, but I, I would guess they would put him closer to maybe like 25 yards for a line, somewhere around there. But obviously, if they don't, Kenneth Gainwell, they're going to continue to feed the hot hand. They're going to keep spreading the love. Even Boston Scott is involved. Like all three of those guys are people that you can look at to clear it. The only one that I wouldn't bet the over on for yards necessarily is Sanders because he's splitting mm-hmm. carries and he's not a bell cow. Agree. I was going to say I'd take the under on him, if anything, just because they are continuing to just split the carries. Um, But there was another conference championship game played on Sunday uh, between the Chiefs and Bengals. There was indeed. I was, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I was rooting for the Chiefs. I was glad to see the result. Um, And I understand, there's no other way just to get into this than to just get into this, but I understand the Bengals fans' frustration immediately with the third down and then the the repeat third down and then Eli Apple holding and all that. But looking back at it, they showed from the wide angle that the ref was coming in. Should he have kept coming in and should he have kept blowing the whistle? Yes, I'm not going to act like that that shouldn't have happened, but he was coming in before the play started. Um, and then Eli Happel, that was a blatant holding penalty. You believe it or not, you can't grab a guy right here when he's, you know, making the cut in his release or the cut in his his route and just continue to hold him and not expect it to get called. Um, and the Chiefs didn't score that drive. So it's I understand the frustration, but it's also like nothing directly happened from that drive. And of course the Bengals had not one but two opportunities to score the ball, and they didn't either time, including one of those drives was an interception thrown by Joe Burrow. So uh, the Chiefs ended up winning. Of course, Joseph Asai at the end, that penalty, I mean, that flat out sucks. You're trying to make a play. And then, yeah, that, that part sucks. But Chiefs win. Um, Travis Kelsey went off. And how do you feel about this game? Right. I mean, I'm right there with you in that. Um, in basically that, I was reading a lot of the re- the reactions on social media, how people thought the game, oh, the refs are rigging it, they just want the Chiefs to win. But the, the 
the fact of the matter is that you go back and look at every play and a lot of them were so blatant that I realize a lot of people were on were rooting for the Bengals. Joe Burrow is a fan favorite. Everyone seems to love Joe Joe Burrow. They wanted him to get there. But the like for example, the roughing the roughing call or the unnecessary roughness call they push on Mahomes, he was so clearly already out of bounds. Right. So yeah, to set him up one. there, that was just a bonehead play by the defender. Eli Apple was cooked. He that was a clear and obvious flag. Like, come right. on. They're not just going to ignore obvious things because of the gravity of the moment. They have to call flags when flags happen. Like they're not just going to look the other way because Eli Apple is holding someone on an important play. It's just not going to happen. No matter how much the fans want the Bengals to win that game. And also, as you said, the Bengals were the ones that just came up short. They had opportunities. Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow had several, several opportunities to go the two minute drill to get down the field. And he just didn't. The, uh, the one thing that I, just you know forget the refs forget everything the one thing that i ask and the one thing that i i would say to bengals fans regarding this game is if you say you know throw throw everything out before the game we're going to go to arrowhead we're going to put up only 20 points and we're going to lose the turnover battle two to one do you think we're going to win yes or no of course not of course exactly and that's that's to me what it boiled down to most um i understand the frustration if you are a bengals fan but for everyone else it's like oh this is the most blatant thing ever i don't think so it, it really um, I, wasn't. It's it's just the heat of the moment. Everyone's frustrated. Everyone's, you know, everyone loves to throw out a nice conspiracy theory. Right. It's always fun to fun to throw that out because of God forbid your team actually loses. You want to you want something else to blame because you never want to believe that your team just got beat. But the fact of the matter is the Chiefs were the ones that pulled it out when they needed to. And Joe Burrow and the Bengals did not. That's the story. I, I, I will say the the one thing that frustrated me on not just this wasn't a Zach Taylor thing it was on both parts is they neither team just even remotely tried to effectively run the ball Joe Mixon finished the game with eight carries for 19 yards and I get that the run I mean all it takes is one you know Samaji Piran's a bruising back I thought they would have at least tried a little more to to really get the the run game going but I was surprised that they just we're like, you know what? We're just, we're not going to, we ran for over 170 yards literally eight days ago in Buffalo, but now nah, we're just since or Kansas city, we, we'd rather just try and go toe to toe through the air with you. That to me was frustrating to not even remotely try to run the football. I actually had a couple of buddies that had Joe Mixon to go for over 25 rushing yards. They threw it in. It was like minus like 5,000, like, Oh, this will, this will cash in the, you know, the middle of the second quarter. Like we're good. He'll rush for 65 nope. yards. It never did. So they were, they were cussing the whole game. It was, it was pretty funny to listen to him talk about just, you know, run the damn ball. But um, I was surprised to see not just the Bengals, but both teams just, Nah, we'll just we'll just put the ball in Patrick and Joe's hands and just let them let them see what they have. Yeah, overall, this was just a pretty ugly game, all things it considered. It wasn't there wasn't a lot of pizzazz. There wasn't a lot of highlight plays. There was even one play where Mahomes literally went to went back to pass the ball and it just slipped out of his hands. Like mm-hmm. there were so many crazy mistakes being made that you don't usually see from these two. It was supposed to be a highly powered offensive game, and the offenses were just looking out of sorts a little bit. I uh Congratulations to both the Eagles and Chiefs for uh, getting to the Super Bowl. 
I, I can't wait. I really can't wait. <laughs> I am I'm through the moon that the Eagles are there. I'm through the moon that it's against Patrick Mahomes. Everyone all season long has been saying, oh, the Eagles have this cakewalk. They've never played anyone. Well, now they're playing the best quarterback in the NFL. And I wouldn't want it any other way. I want it in order to be the best, you got to beat the best. I am so excited for Jalen Hurts. His It's his second year as a starter. He's already oh, yeah. at the big stage. He is just such an easy player to root for. He's such a, such a tremendous leader. I'm so happy for all of the the guys in the locker room, the long-term vets like, you know, Kelsey, like Cox, like Brandon, uh, like uh, Brandon Graham, just guys like that. And it's the Kelsey Bowl. How could you not root for the Kelsey right. Bowl? That's good. Right, I cannot wait to listen to the, those, the banter between those two this week. It's just, it's just perfect. You know, and I feel like Travis is definitely, I mean, not feel like he is definitely way more of a shit talker. So that's going to be like, if, if the Chiefs win just from a content standpoint, he's going to be like, yeah, that's why we beat your ass in the Super Bowl. Or just, you know, just the brother, just, you know, that banter. And, you know, Jason wouldn't wouldn't really rub it in anywhere close to as much as Travis would. But um, that that will be hilarious, regardless it's, of what happens. It's that's just, gonna it's be just good tier. content. At the end of the day, it's just good content. And I cannot wait. Now, I do want to transition to NBA Monday. Um, Sixers playing the number one overall pick tonight, Paulo Bancaro and the Magic. Uh, there's a lot of games tonight, a lot of games. I actually love the slate tonight in terms of uh, what we do, a lot of SGPs. Is there any game that you want to discuss? You want me to talk about an SGP I have tonight? Any? Where do you want there, to go? There, this is a pretty sizable slate. A lot of teams are in action tonight. The game of the night that I was really excited for until news broke was Lakers versus Nets. And then we hear that, oh, the Lakers are resting LeBron and Anthony Davis. And all of a sudden the matchup of the night, the excitement just gets deflated. It's right. it's not necessarily must watch TV anymore. That's a game, especially with Kevin Durant also out on the Nets. That's a matchup that most people would circle on the calendar. Now it's just another, yet another Monday matchup. But I, oh, sticking with this game specifically, you know, when LeBron and AD are out, everyone is going to be jumping on, oh, this must be a Russell Westbrook game. He's going to get the opportunity. He's going to break out. But to that, it is something I looked into. And I do just want to express why I'm a little more cautious about that. Because Russell Westbrook, he's played nine games in which LeBron has been out. And in those games, when you would assume he would pick up responsibility, the line for Russell Westbrook specifically in points right now is at 19 and a half. And in those nine games, he's only cleared that in five of the nine. So it's literally as close to a coin toss as it gets in terms of Russ, you know, actually taking the reins and doing what you would expect in LeBron's absence. So he's not guaranteed, like you would think, to go off in an explosive night. And then in terms of assists, it's the same way. He hasn't, he's only cleared that in about half of the games because his assist line is set at eight and a half. Russ, you know, he's one of the best rebounding guards in the league, but Vegas has him at seven and a half. And again, that's a line that he clears barely 50% of the time in those games that LeBron's out. So of course, Russ is in for a bigger role tonight. He will be more involved, but I'll just express caution to just go hammer all of Russ's overs blindly before you actually look a little deeper. There was actually... Um, one prop that I had, and I actually, there's also a Nets player, um, but I like Russ at 15 points. This is on a classic. Everybody's been, if you've, if you've paid attention to gambling on Twitter recently, you've seen like the $10 to 10 K challenge. Um, and this is just kind of like a multiplier of the leg. So I do think the Nets, not surprisingly with LeBron and AD both out, I do think they are going to win. Um, that's not a spicy take, but 
Kyrie's really stepped up recently. If you haven't been paying attention, Kyrie's dropped 30-plus in each of the last six, not four of six, not five of six, all of the last six games. So I have Kyrie scored two. I have Kyrie to score 25, Russ to score 15, not 20, 15, and uh, the Nets to win. That is a minus 106. And in terms of, obviously, that's not plus 100 to truly equalize, but in terms of, you know, a bankroll builder, I love this one. Love Kyrie, True. love Russ tonight. And, and Kyrie's uh, line is set at 30 and a half, or 31 and a half now. It must have moved from last time I checked. However, it's there for a reason, because not only is Kyrie the heart of the Nets offense in the absence of Kevin Durant, but he also has a fantastic matchup tonight against the Lakers, who allowed the second most points to point guards in the whole league. So Kyrie is set up for an, a huge night, and the only thing that I think will stop him from having it is if the Nets end up blowing him out. Because again, LeBron and Anthony Davis will not be out there. This could get ugly for the Lakers fast. I wouldn't count on it necessarily because the Lakers in those players' absences, they've lost, game, they've lost games, obviously, but they're not getting blown out. I think this still could be close because of the fact that Kevin Durant's absence neutralizes it. But Kev- Kyrie Irving, of course, a name that's in for a big night. Are there any other uh, props or any other any other things from this game? Because there there's a couple other ones tonight that I love in terms of just adding to the bankroll. Just uh, just that I think are I don't want to say for sure. I hate using the term lock, but things that I, I like to add to uh, add to the line tonight. Uh, from this game specifically, a lot of the things that I'm looking at are pretty. They're, they're not necessarily like juicy. Nothing's necessarily right. sticking out to me, but what do you got? I was debating and I wish, I mean, this would be more of like a DraftKings thing, but on FanDuel, I, I wish they had like a 12 points because I'd love to have Nick Claxton at 12 points tonight. His, the difference oh, they between... will. You just have to be patient. Like FanDuel, oh, really? you, they usually put up the, the point alternatives like about an hour or so before tip off. So you just have to wait on those, but it'll be there. Oh, learn something new every day. Because um, exactly. I was going to say, because his 10 points right now for Claxton is minus 1200 and then the 15 is minus 185. So if I could get it like minus like five, minus six, just a just to toss, you know, just to sprinkle on thinking, that's something I don't have to sweat too much about. Um, speaking of sweating, I had a bet the other day. It was LaMelo to score 15 points. Through three quarters, he had six points. He was two of nine shooting. And Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward had 15. He was five for five. And I'm like, dude, like – come on yeah like, these challenges can these challenges can be maddening because everyone's trying to like go the ultra safe route and then the right. star players just have stinkers anyway so it's you're you think you're going as safe as possible and the guys still find a way to screw you that's just the name of the game and one last thing i will say on this lakers nets game is the line at plus nine as i discussed I don't think this game should be a blowout. Like the Lakers have held their own. I think the Lakers will still end up losing, but plus nine is something I would look at for the Lakers along with win margin for the Nets. I would do win margin Nets one to 10 plus 175 is like that. Plus 175 is pretty solid for you're taking the money line and you're assuming that the Lakers aren't going to go out. Sorry. That's also like that's such that's such a wide line for NBA too. That's that's a fat line. Like that's a fat area to stay in too. True. Um, I do. There was one thing I was going to say. I think it was regarding this game. Actually, never mind. It was going to be a transition onto um, another game. I was going. Yeah, to Yeah, we've said a lot about this. Let's move on to what you were about to discuss. I do. I do like Steph tonight. This was this was another just. Another yes, Warriors versus Thunder tonight. Yeah, Warriors versus Thunder. This was another add to it. Don't sweat. I think the uh, odds on this are honestly like minus like six hundred. Just another, just add to it, and and you know, 
just you know watch it when it hits don't really sweat don't pay too much attention to it Steph 20 points and uh two threes I was surprised that that was even being offered uh that is of course adding to the the ten dollar to 10k we're just you know we're just boosting legs and uh, I'm actually going to do that right now Steph to hit two threes and 20 points yeah, we're looking at a minus six ninety eight, you know. So there's just a little bankroll booster just yeah, to add are, on there. <laughs> these are legs. You're not. These are legs that don't get anybody excited, but they're legs you could just throw into that challenge, and not really anything more. Not much worth discussing there. We have. Let's take a look at Steph Curry. He's playing the Thunder. They're a middling matchup for point guards, so you're not expecting anything crazy from Curry, but you're not expecting a bad game from Curry by any means. Now, from this game specifically, who has a good matchup, we're looking at Draymond Green, who across the board in the areas where he stuffs the stat sheet, not in traditional ways, he's not going to light it up on the score sheet, but Draymond Green is playing the Thunder, who allow the most rebounds to power forwards, so right off the bat, and they allow the eighth most points to power forwards, which again, I'm not expecting Draymond to light it up, but if you're looking for a game where Draymond could get a double-double, that's a, this is obviously one of them, because the rebounds will be more plentiful for him. I would even look at his rebounding line, which I believe is at, let me just double check. It is at eight and a half. So they're already almost anticipating the double-double. Whereas if you want to take double-double straight, let me just double check that. A Draymond Green double-double tonight is plus 240, which is pretty juicy for me. I'm actually curious. I'm trying to look into this as well. I'm looking at, I'm trying to find Draymond, uh, Draymond triple-double, just because that's, uh, I mean, Draymond like triple for... double, yeah. Draymond triple doubles plus eight fifty, which Literally again not. is not bad at all. In the last, uh, I've, Draymond's been getting, he's been rebounding a lot lately. He's had, let me just double check this, but he's had games lately where he's had like twelve rebounds, thirteen rebounds. He's cleared ten rebounds, I believe, quite a bit in the last ten games. He had, yeah. Let me just go through this. In the last eight games, he has cleared. 10 rebounds five times. And in the games that he hasn't, he has kind of come up way short. So he is boomer bust. He had three rebounds against the, the Bulls, four rebounds against the Wizards, and seven rebounds against the Raptors last game. But in the games that he's cleared it against the Grizzlies, he had 13 rebounds. Against the Nets, he had 11 rebounds. Against the Celtics, he had 13 rebounds. So again, he... He has nights where if he's going to clear it, he's going to clear it comfortably. And against the team that allows the most rebounds to his position, I'm feeling a comfortable game tonight. To add to this one one final prop that I think is worth mentioning, at least, in the past five games he's played, Dante DiVincenzo has at least two threes in all of them. And he has at least two threes in seven of his last eight and usually that's a line Vegas like it's just like all right like you know we're just gonna make the line two and a half and you know it's gonna be minus two threes is gonna be minus 500 or something ridiculous right his two threes total two plus threes on Fandle is minus 130 so I I did at least want to bring that to the table and at least true his line is at one and a half and that's a line you're saying he's clearing regularly you can seven of eight yeah yeah you want just a straight up line Dante DiVincenzo over one and a half threes tonight is another one that I think is a go-to now, that game, of course, Shea Gilgis-Alexander will be carrying the Thunder like always. The, right. the Warriors have so many options that it's typically hard to pick who's going to be the one to go off on any given night. 
But a game that I think is going to be high scoring and maybe closer, more fun to watch is Kings versus Timberwolves. I'm glad you brought that up. Kings versus Timberwolves. It's basically a pick em. They have the line set right now at minus one for the Kings, plus one for the Timberwolves. Money line, minus 118 for the Kings, plus 100 for the Timberwolves. Vegas is expecting as close of a game as can be. I think I'm still leaning towards the Kings, even though they're on the road, though. What are your I'm thoughts? You. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. And the thing is, I was debating... When I was crafting my my ten to ten k leg today, I was I was debating on throwing uh, Demontis Sabonis in minus four ten uh, for fifteen plus points because like like it was alluded to earlier, just you know the, the safe legs, and I was debating on throwing that one in. Uh, but I think this is going to be like a one twenty two one twenty game. It's going to be I'm not I'm not adding anything into the the over under say to add to the year. Not you know I want to take one episode off of that, but for sure, I do for love sure. this game. Um, I think this is going to be, like I said, high scoring. This is, if you're looking for just stat sheet stuffers, this is the game. This is the game. You want to add points? This this is it. Yes, and specific, for specific players that I think could go off tonight, this is an outstanding matchup for De'Aaron Fox. The Timberwolves allow the fifth most points to point guards and the fifth most threes to point guards. And that specifically makes a lot of sense logically because when Gobert is in the lineup like he's expected to be tonight, when teams run a lot of pick and roll, Gobert runs that drop coverage. He's going to be daring De'Aaron Fox to shoot threes tonight. His points line is set at 26 and a half, which is pretty high for a De'Aaron Fox line despite the good matchup. So I would potentially shift more towards looking at his line for threes being at one and a half. He's not someone who necessarily clears that consistently, but he's got the matchup two tonight, especially against that Gobert drop coverage. He could knock down two threes tonight. In my opinion, he could knock down even three, not boosting that up a little bit. De'Aaron Fox to make three threes tonight is at plus 360. If you want to go for a little moonshot, De'Aaron Fox plus 360 on three made threes is where I would look for a potential moonshot. I'm with you. The last time De'Aaron dropped two threes was uh, it'll it's we're going on five games ago, and I'm always I always love when it's been five or six games for a player to do something like that because I'm always looking for that for that next. Oh, he's due. Love that. Love that. He's definitely due. And especially when the two threes is plus one hundred. That's to me just an easy. Just that. That might even be. If you're starting a 10 to 10k challenge, that might even be mm-hmm. just worth it in itself. Just toss, right. just toss deer and just two threes. Don't of sweat course. it. That's something you got to pay attention to. Not six guys to get 15 points, and you know three guys to get two rebounds, and you know those those types of things that I love, uh, you know betting on. But uh, D- I love I love the thought process with the DDA. D- with the De'Aaron Fox threes. Right. And one more thing I will add on to that is they are playing the Timberwolves for the second time in a row. They they played the Timberwolves last game and he did not make two threes, but he did shoot seven of them. And as I've mentioned on previous episodes of the show, when you're looking at matchups, when you're looking at potential props to bet, you want volume. Vol- volume is what you should be focusing on for these bets. And seven attempted threes should more often than not be enough to get two makes. So with that Gobert drop coverage, they were daring him to shoot. He got seven threes up. He just didn't make them. And again, that's what I mentioned. Fox isn't the most consistent shooter, but if the volume's going to be there, I like the chances that he has a bounce back shooting night. Again, he's not a bad shooter by any means. He's just streaky. And if he goes one for seven last game, if he gets seven more threes up tonight, I think, as I mentioned, he could make two, he could make three. I'm actually crafting up a a little bit of a long shot based on a lot of the things we've discussed so far there you Um, go one one game that i was just i was paying attention to in terms of player props and everything i'm always a big Jaden iv one three always always love sprinkling some on that um but i was 
I feel like eight and a half for the Pistons because there's a chance Luca and Christian Wood don't play. I thought eight and a half was a little like, ooh, that's something to monitor. Um, and as this episode drops, and if you know you're watching before tip, this is something definitely to look into is the the status of Luca and Christian Wood as we get closer and closer to tip. Um, so that is that is one thing that I did want to note from that game. But any any thoughts on any other games or any long shots? What are we thinking? Hmm. There is again, it's a it's a big NBA slate, but there's not necessarily matchups that will jump out at you as oh I have to buckle into my couch and watch for the night. Except for of course the Lakers Nets one, which we know is not quite as enticing anymore. The late game is Trailblazers Hawks. That's a game where player props galore could potentially come about. That's a game with, you know, betting favorites like Anthony Simons, who we know loves to jack up a lot of threes. That's a game with Damian Lillard, who's been on fire and he's going to get his threes up. That's a game with Trey Young, I don't think is a lock to play tonight. We have to monitor his situation, but if he does play, then that changes things. Obviously that's a game where, there's it's actually it's actually a game where Clint Capella and Onyeka Okongwu, their two centers, have great matchups because the uh, Trailblazers, I do believe, let up the most points to centers. So if Trey plays, Trey assists is something I would look at because Trey could just be feeding the centers in the pick and roll. I love that. I'm actually looking for for double doubles because I'd love to have a uh, a little. Let me find the player performance here. I'd love to add a Clint Capella. Uh, double double to true to the line to the line Clint, I, a, Clint, love that. a Clint double double let me just check real quick it is at minus 105 so they're they're kind of anticipating it it's it's as even odds as you'll get for a big man in that situation they see it coming they know Capella's gonna be like heavily involved because of the good matchup they know he's a rebound machine and he's back relatively healthy now this is uh this is the long shot that I have for the day. You ready? Let me hear it. All right. So started off the Kyrie twenty five, Russ fifteen, Nets money line, De'Aaron two threes. Okay, okay. And we have we have Paula to score fifteen tonight. He's been cold, and I mean he's been ice cold recently. So um, I'm thinking he's going to at least get a little back on track. Not going anything crazy like twenty five, but fifteen. And then we have Capella to record a double double plus eight twenty two. I like it. I like it. And now let me, let me tell you my moonshot that I've been cooking up based on what we've been discussing so far. I, as I mentioned, Fox, not only the two threes, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna maybe sprinkle in Fox three threes plus 360 and Draymond double, double plus 240 in a two leg parlay. That's plus 1,464. That is pretty juicy for a two leg that I think has a reasonable chance of hitting. Love that. No, I love, I love talking myself into those. Um, I love, I love, I gotta be honest. Like, obviously like I, I have a football channel, but I love betting NBA because football, it's so frustrating. NBA props. They're, they're just so much more enticing. They're more fun to like try to scope out. I'm just going to be honest. No, they are. They're, they're so much, they're so much, I don't want to say better, but there were so many times this year, I I bet George Pickens to get a hundred yard game. Like, Oh, he's going to go off this game. It's plus like 600. Like, no, didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Never happened. And so I've tried multiple times where I get like the, uh, the hundred yards plus team to win. Nope. I'm over on those. Yep. <laughs> That's just how it goes. But anyways, think... we've covered a lot of the main matchups, but is there anything that caught your eye? Maybe in the less enticing matchups for the NBA tonight? There was, there was, there was one. And this was just, I thought was 
I don't want to say, like I said, I don't like saying locks, but I thought it was just like, all right, like I'm just going to add this to the, to the lay. Um, I do have Bradley Beal just to get 15 points, just sweat free. Hopefully at least don't have to think about it too much. He gets 15 against the Spurs who, as we know, are not a good team. Yeah, um, I, think is, Spurs. I think this is kind of like the lesser game in, in terms of like the, the Kings Timberwolves, or there's going to be a lot of points scored. There's a reason the over under on this is 240. This is going to be just like arcade style. Like it's going to be like a 123, 118 finish. Like, ironically, I didn't even do that intentionally, but that actually totals 241. Um, but the point is, is it's there's just going to be a lot of points. So I'm hoping that Beal gets 15 within the first 25, 30 minutes of the game. Don't have to stress too much in the second half. Keep checking to see if he's scoring, you know, see if he's getting up to 15. But that was one that I loved from that game. For sure. And that just about does it, though. We've we've covered everything that yeah. was of, of importance. I mean, huge football weekend, a lot of NBA coming up. Obviously, this weekend there's no football, so we will be going over primarily NBA stuff until the Super Bowl gets a little closer. Then we're going to go hard on Super Bowl discussion, Super Bowl preview, Super Bowl props, everything you need to know about the Super Bowl, what we'll be taking for the Super Bowl. But that's two weeks away. So in the meantime, buckle in. We've got some fun NBA week com- NBA weeks coming up. We do. And uh, until Wednesday, see you.